They watched their father out of identical blue eyes. Though there was a year between them, they might have been twins. They put on blue jeans and flannel shirts, and their dark hair was uncombed and fallen identically over their unmarked foreheads. They sat waiting for breakfast and appeared to be only half awake. Guthrie brought two thick crockery plates of steaming eggs and buttered toast to the table and set them down, and the boys spread jelly on the toast and began to eat at once, automatically, chewing, leaning forward over their plates. He carried two glasses of milk to the table. He stood over the table watching the meat. I have to go to school early this morning, he said. I'll be leaving in a minute. Aren't you going to eat breakfast with us? Ike said. He stopped chewing momentarily and looked up. I can't this morning. He recrossed the room and set the skillet in the sink and ran water into it. Why do you have to go to school so early? I have to see Lloyd Crowder about somebody. Who is it? A boy in American history. What'd he do? Bobby said. Look off somebody's paper? Not yet. I don't doubt that'll be next the way he's going. Ike picked at something in his eggs and put it at the rim of his plate. He looked up again. But, Dad, he said. What? Isn't Mother coming down today either? I don't know, Guthrie said. I can't say what she'll do, but you shouldn't worry. And try not to. It'll be all right. It doesn't have anything to do with you. He looked at them closely. They'd stopped eating altogether and were staring out the window toward the barn and corral, where the two horses were. You better go on, he said. By the time you get done with your papers, you'll be late for school. He went upstairs once more. In the bedroom, he removed a sweater from the chest of drawers and put it on and went down the hall and stopped in front of the closed door. He stood listening, but there was no sound from inside. When he stepped into the room, it was almost dark, with a feeling of being hushed and forbidding, as in the sanctuary of an empty church after the funeral of a woman who had died too soon, a sudden impression of static air and unnatural quiet. The shades on the two windows were drawn down completely to the sill. He stood looking at her, Ella, who lay in bed with her eyes closed, He could just make out her face in the half-light, her face as pale as schoolhouse chalk, and her fair hair massed and untended, fallen over her cheeks and thin neck, hiding that much of her. Looking at her, he couldn't say if she was asleep or not, but he believed she wasn't. He believed she was only waiting to hear what he had come in for, and then for him to leave. "'Do you want anything?' he said. She didn't bother to open her eyes. He waited." He looked around the room. She hadn't yet changed the chrysanthemums in the vase on the chest of drawers, and there was an odor rising from the stale water in the vase. He wondered that she didn't smell it. What was she thinking about? Then I'll see you tonight, he said. He waited. There was still no movement. All right, he said. He stepped back into the hall and pulled the door shut and went on down the stairs. As soon as he was gone, she turned in the bed and looked toward the door. Her eyes were intense, wide awake, outsized. After a moment, she turned again in the bed and studied the two thin pencils of light shining in at the edge of the window shade. There were fine dust motes swimming in the dimly lighted air like tiny creatures underwater. But in a moment, she closed her eyes again. She folded her arm across her face and lay unmoving, as though asleep. Downstairs, passing through the house, Guthrie could hear the two boys talking in the kitchen. 
their voices clear, high-pitched, animated again. He stopped for a minute to listen. Something to do with school, some boys saying this and this too and another one, the other boys saying it wasn't any of that either because he knew better, on the gravel playground out back of school. He went outside across the porch and across the drive toward the pickup. A faded red Dodge with a deep dent in the left rear fender. The weather was clear, the day was bright and still early, and the air felt fresh and sharp, and Guthrie had a brief feeling of uplift and hopefulness. He took a cigarette from his pocket and lit it and stood for a moment, looking at the silver poplar tree. Then he got into the pickup and cranked it, and drove out of the drive onto Railroad Street and headed up the five or six blocks toward Maine. Behind him the pickup lifted a powdery plume from the road, and the suspended dust shone like bright flecks of gold in the sun.